We have a problem. They has a problem. Sir has a problem. A problem? A problem. A problem with hate speech. This book? This book is not art. Not art. Not art. It's propaganda. Propaganda. Hateful propaganda. But what about free speech? Hate speech is not free speech. These images, these images violate community guidelines. These doodles deny my existence. These doodles deny my existence. Welcome to the Fall Estate. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Don't forget, the Fall Estate is on uh, Locals.com. So click on the link in the video description to uh, support our work. I have with me Jim Bob, better known as Made by Jim Bob. He is a political cartoonist and weekly contributor to the Washington Examiner. Jim Bob, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, coming on here. Yes, sir. You know, Jim, I was looking at your books, and someone gave me a couple of your books a while back, and I find it very interesting because they are they are like books of memes about all the craziness that's happening in the world today. How did you come up with that brilliant idea? Well, I started just drawing stuff um, back when I was a, a lost, uh, you know, sort of default liberal in Los Angeles uh, years ago, 15 years ago or so. Um, you know, I, I was an, always an artist, but then I started doodling. Right. And then there was this one time where I made fun of Barack Obama. Uh, one of the first memes that really caused some problems was I, I, I took his. Um, famous mic dropping, right? He always <laughs> dropping the mic, right? Well, I swapped the mic with a bomb, um, and it. What happened around me was incredible. I was surrounded by liberals and Democrats, and they uh, went crazy. They're, oh, you're making Trump look good. You're, what are you doing? This is terrible. And it was at that point I realized the power of a single image. And uh, from there, I just kept examining what I wanted to say and and what kind of targets I wanted to hit. Yeah. Well, it's an amazing idea, man. I was looking through them just last night, and all the craziness is right there in the book. So I really, really, I had planned to bring them down to my desk here. I left them in my office, but I really, really uh, 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 want to encourage people to pick them up and check them out. Thank been- you. Yeah. Yeah, and utilize them anytime you want. I mean, I the way you uh, categorize it is perfect. I look at them as like a, a time capsule of the absurdity. So like <laughs> yeah. years down the road, yeah. you can, uh, you know, my grandkid will ask me, what was it like? And I just give them my book and they're like, what is ha- what was happening? I um, know. What a mess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, another thing I, I, I wanted to ask you about is the, uh, oh, let me ask this first. So were you a liberal at the time you first started doing this and? Uh, just the default, but I wasn't doing political stuff yet. I was just kind of like drawing sort of superficial stuff. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it was because I actually voted at that time for Barack Obama as a default, you know, uh, Los Angeles person in yeah. that world. And uh, But I never really thought about policy. I never really thought about the philosophy behind politics. Uh, I was, uh, you know, suppressing my theism for sure at that point. And so, uh, but it was, it, it, my discernment still was there where I was like, oh, this is inconsistent. And so I started criticizing Barack Obama right and uh, that kind of uh, set off a thing because I saw the reaction and I realized, oh, these people are full of it. And then <laughs> so I went kind of further center and then you just keep going, right? You just keep finding the where the truth is and, and that's kind of the job of the humorist or the comedian or the satire uh, creator is to just reflect the truth of the matter in in a way people can digest it. Yeah. You lived in Los Angeles at one time, so you were living in that liberal world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in that world from, was it 2002 to maybe 2014 or so? Did they try to fire you or get you fired as a result of the book? Of the book? 
Uh, no, because I was self-employed at the time, but oh, that's, nice. but there was certainly some backlash as far as people kind of separating themselves from me, which only increased in time. Obviously, you probably know the deal. Yeah. Um, especially in Los Angeles, there is a there's this culture, obviously, that that you can't even address some some things even in your own party without being completely ostracized. And in a weird way, ostracization ends up being sort of a blessing, isn't it? It um, does. It, Absolutely. It, like, removes you from like a hellish uh um culture which is better i mean i've since had three children um certainly would be the worst thing to still be in los angeles with my <laughs> yeah. children now right yeah absolutely and i noticed that it allows you to start thinking for yourself too when you have to stand alone when you're all alone as opposed to being with the crowd you tend to think and act like the crowd and you lose yourself your individualism absolutely yeah yeah totally you kind of get swept in a wave of trends and um and this can happen on the right side too where you yeah. you no longer distinguish um maybe uh in our view uh, the absolute moral law which is god versus just trends right and yeah. people can get sucked into sort of political trends which are important to fight and and fight for and against but they're not the ultimate and so it's sometimes it's easy to get swept swept down that river on either side and uh, some people do it on the center where they just don't stand for anything or against anything. They just kind of hang out in the middle, right? Yeah. I noticed that when you're with the, when a person is with the crowd, whether it's right or left or whatever, right, liberal, conservative, and they fight for causes, but they don't really understand the causes that they're fighting for. They're just a monster fight yelling and screaming and carrying on carrying signs. But when you ask them to explain why you're doing this, they don't really have an explanation as to why right yeah the higher purpose thing seems to be meaning uh, meaningless to them because it's just a culture it's like a, a rah-rah it's like going to a football game where it's like what do you mean why do i like the raiders because we all like the raiders this <laughs> right. kind of thing right yeah and it's good to prod at that uh to get people to think a little bit more about what their foundational beliefs are because i think the reason where where we are obviously is uh, to me is is secularism and then um and and the rejection of truth and that's why yeah. you know i'm a i'm a memer i'm a cartoonist and you know this question of why can't the left meme well the answer is fairly clear to me is because to do humor or to reveal some sort of truth you can't be a subjectivist you can't be a relativist you yeah. can't you can't just say well we just create truth myself because you know if the left uh, in particular doesn't have a foundation for truth um, the truth can change, and we've seen that. Yeah. The, the truth changes for them, and that's why one day you're in with them, and then next week you're 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 the devil to to them, <laughs> and they can't even justify what that means, right? Yeah. So it's kind of it's madness, really. And uh, and so I'm I'm glad that 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 foundation is there to re to refer to and also refer others to because simple questions like why ought we not do this? And and to many people, they're, they're so surprised you asked this question, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why ought, why, why? I just yeah. debated a vegan. Why ought we be vegan? And you realize people's, people can't escape their moral claims. Even if you think you're an atheist, right? You, you can't, you can't escape your moral convictions, even if you don't ground them. And yeah. so our challenge is to uh, force these people to ground their moral statements because policy and their worldview uh is all uh basically rooted on that right otherwise it's just arbitrary so it's a good way to fight them i noticed the same thing happening with uh organized religion and uh christianity for an example if uh if when i was growing up for example to be a christian you still maintain yourself your your own you didn't identify with a whole group of stuff and where with the Christians today, they're organized and they all think alike. They say the same thing. They act just alike. And if you should challenge that, they'll get mad at you and want to throw you out of the club. And I realize it comes from not, it still comes from organizing without really understanding what it's all about. When I was growing up as a Christian, I wasn't a part of an organized religion per se. We would go to church, but once that was over, we went back to family. We were back, went back to being individuals. So we saw God and things in a different way. When I moved to Los Angeles, it became more organized. Religion was more organized. So I found myself 
somewhat thinking like they thought, but I couldn't, it couldn't work for me. And it wasn't until I became an individual again that I started to understand God better, clearer. I started to see things clearer when it came to religion than I did prior to that. Um, yeah, there is this aspect of m- modernity that I see that um, it's almost like humans, uh, we, we, we do seek hierarchy and we do seek some level of cohesion. So how we organize society in a particular way, even the family, the fact that the father is, is, the, is the hierarchy yeah. position that represents the priest almost of the family and yes. so on. So I don't think we can really escape the concept of organization, but I think what you're referring to, the part I, I definitely agree with is that modern versions of of the church it, it it takes progressive ideas and it takes sort of like arbitrary ways of organizing and what you get is like a corporate uh corporate presentation of r- religion and church right and so that seems to be very rampant i think that's uh, a result of um um uh, a couple of different philosophies you know uh prior to to our era of things and i think to get out of that it does take some um, some discernment, some work, some uh, you know interpretation, um, and ultimately, when you share, let's say, the Bible and Scripture with people, um, you're going to be. I mean, the act of that alone is some uh, forwardness to to uh, an organized group of people. Now, how we pursue that, um, people, you know, obviously debate that all day. Yeah, you know? yeah. But there, there is a. Mo- I do, I do see the modern the modern problem of this where, you know, suddenly you're like, Oh, you could have a lesbian preacher and the cross is a rainbow now. And now you're, you know, you did the baptism is in like sparkly water. Right. And (laughs) they're, they're reformatting it and they're, um, inverting. And so there's a lot of inversion, uh, that happens and, and it's not peculiar necessarily to just the progressives. There is some, uh, inversion on the, right side of things who people uh, who claim Christianity and so forth. But it is, it does get a little bit complex when you start navigating it for sure. It does. Um, I noticed that most people today are brainwashed and what uh, is that? It's like taking a horse to water and you get them there. And once they've been told that this is not water and you can take them to the water and they'll see that as water, but they won't believe that as water because they have believed into a lie that it's not water. It's not clear. It's not good to drink. Yeah. What causes that type of brainwashing and how can you overcome that? Um, I think a part of that is the fear of uh, being ostracized and left out. If you if you speak out against it, it's, you know, that's not water. Right. If you if you say or you say if you say that is water and you're right. being convinced it's not. um you're basically invested in, in, in a network already. You're, you're protecting status, whatever. You're protecting income a lot of times you see. And so um, I think that plays a part of it. I think people actually protect their behaviors in a way. And th- I think it's rebellion. I think it's fundamental to Christianity to point out where we rebel as our, ourselves and be honest there. But also it's our duty to call out where people are rebelling. And, and what they're doing is rejecting truth. And so they're... Um, if you reject truth, then you can be vulnerable to being convinced water's not water, and you can be convinced that a woman's not a woman and a man is a woman and all this stuff, because the starting premise is that we create truth, and that's not the case. We, we don't create truth. We're right. humans. We, we can discern truth, but truth is an absolute concept that requires an absolute mind, and that mind is God, and uh, it can't be any other way. It can't be an animal. It can't be another human. It's not Trump. It's not Obama. It, these are all men, right? We're all men. Yeah. And so uh, I think I think that's uh, where that begins. Now, um, when you ask, well, how do you remedy that? I think people have to confront that deep issue. You ask them, point blank, is truth absolute? If they say no, then they've contradicted themselves. And then if they're honest with themselves, they'll have to sit with that contradiction and figure out, well, wow. I've never really thought about that. How do I, how do I uh, account for that? There's truth in the world, right? It's not physical. The yeah. truth isn't. It's not a tree. It's not. A, you know what I mean? It's not the, our, our computers. So I kind of push people that direction. Now, I try not to hammer them with sort of like a, a righteous uh, gavel right. on their head yeah. or folders of information because um, 
specifically Christianity, we interact person to person. When we get to know each other through our personhood, we get to see each other in our flaws, and there's a trust that's uh, um, sort of generated. And I think that's a really important part of interacting with people, even people who you think are just completely lost it. Like, you yeah. know, it's hard for me sometimes. I go to wrath, and I'm lucky to have uh, comics and memes to to use my wrath and sort of like transform it into humor yeah. and so that i'm i'm uh back to joyfulness and and not wrathfulness that would definitely be my uh my weakness um but uh you know that's a challenge with people when you talk to them online or, or in person and you have these deep disagreements right the you know it's our job to kind of like align with com some compassion and i don't mean compassion like the left side defines compassion right right you make a good point with your memes when i was looking at them, they're funny, but in in the relaxation of them being funny, you get understanding from it, too. It's like you don't totally shed it out. Right. Because for some reason, the humor part of it relaxes, I don't know if it relaxes the mind or something, where you can start to see, wow, this is weird, this makes sense, this is funny. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that does seem to help a lot. Right. Yeah, it's a softening of the heart. It's basically hitting... Uh, hard truths through soft with a soft uh, aspect. So it is a dagger. It is a truth, uh, a sort of truth, but <laughs> yeah. it's softened. And, and I think that's why um, there's such a war on, on like humor and comedy, you know, all the comedians getting banned here and there. And what they're doing is kind of like trying to make it impossible to say very basic truths, you know, and that's how like, you know, in the world of like stand up comedy, you notice like uh, the premise is always a baseline truth about reality, right. whether it's a generalization of white people or black people or Jews or uh, Asians or whatever. The freedom to do that is like gestures privilege. Right. And so when you take that away, people can't actually unify and be softened because they don't you're taking away the ability for them to be softened with that initial premise where they go. Yeah, we all are kind of ridiculous, aren't we? Yeah. Right. But when you take that away, you, you do a really a big disservice to people. Um, the best form of inclusivity is being the product, being the subject of a joke. That's right, man. Absolutely. I was arguing with, not arguing with someone, but I was talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about, you know, in America today, I, I guess around the world, they had taken off the physical body parts of males and put mm -hmm. on female body parts, and they were doing it to the girls as well. And, I'm, and I said to them, well, it doesn't matter that they take off the body part. A boy is still a boy, and a girl is still a girl. And they didn't want to believe that. They couldn't accept mm -hmm. that. And I'm, yeah. and I'm like, how can you, what made you think just because they took the robot's part off, it's still mm -hmm. not a robot? And they didn't want to accept that. That was the darnest thing i ever seen. Yeah, that's a rejection of truth itself. You know, you defend, you know, if you start from truth is created, which these people mostly do, it's a construct, right? Everything's a construct. Well, if everything's a construct, you can't even argue for that thing, right? So right. Th this whole inversion of, you know, taking parts of the body off and pretending, th this is what we have to understand. Um, there is the logical, uh, you know, the ability to use logic to completely reduce their position to nonsense. But also... They have to be in such a form of like hell here, right? To yes. to be living in a in a position in a mindset where that's possible for them. Yeah, and I really get to that point. Sometimes I get like so annoyed where they're so irrational that I'm just I, I just like kind of lose my my uh, patience. But then on the other side, you have to we all have to understand that the punishment is almost embedded in their mindset in their view, right? So yes. it's not like they're escaping the punishment. Uh, but, you know, here, even here, right? Forget, you know, not even to mention, you know, what the eternal punishment or judgment, which we can't really make full calls on. But here they're they're living in a, 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 a sort of a delusional state. And I, I really feel bad for people living in delusional states because they can't navigate what's true or not. Right. They'll right. never get to it. Right. And, um, you know, that especially that the most irrational part of that is you always hear. Well, gender is a construct, right? And, and you go, okay, that sounds like uh, it's kind of like a metaphysical thing, right? Well, what does that mean? Yeah, there's you can't actually define it, right? And then you and then you go, okay, so then why would you take something that you're arguing is subjective and out there in the ether, um, but your remedy is to 
manipulate your body, which is objective, right? Your uh, biology is objective and, and, right. and here and physical. So why would chopping something off or adding something match a gender if genders aren't based on physicality? So um, this is irrational. I think it's, I think it's actually beyond. I think it's spiritual warfare and it's, it's demonic. I think it's actually demonic. Um, but it's, it's still irrational. But I think it should be, uh, you know, appropriately called just demonic, uh, in my You're view. You're absolutely right, man. I, um, I totally can see that now that it is evil, it's dark, it's wicked, and it's a spirit that made a home in human beings. And it causes human beings to do the things they wouldn't ordinarily do or or prevent them from doing the right thing, the things that they should be doing. And I know for a fact that the only way that, that you can overcome that, first of all, you have to want to overcome it. You got to question mm-hmm. it yourself. And then only God can take that spirit away from you. But what the world has done uh, uh, because uh, it has taken this, the dark spirit and dressed it up by giving it names. You are an alcoholic. You are a lesbian. You are a homosexual. You are this or you that. When it's really not that, you are possessed and it's evil that made a home in the flesh. And I think right. that if people saw it for what, I know if people saw it for what it really is without dressing it up with these fake names, then more people will start to overcome evil with good. Absolutely. Yeah. They have to accept that there is evil in the world. Yes. Which for um, a lot of people who are kind of just uh, naturalists who think we're just, we came from fishtails and stuff, all this ridiculous nonsense, they're not going to, they might not um, agree to that that evil actually exists. They'll be like, well, everything's just a preference. And then you go, you just give an example. But at the same time, they say, you know, believing in God and teaching children that God ex- exists and they came from love and God, they think that's evil. And I go, well, what's evil? All right. And so they can't answer, but yeah, that, that whole, um, demon aspect, I believe is, is the case. I believe that, um, our thoughts are from God or they're from demons and we have to navigate and we could know that by our actions, right? Yes. We'll know, we'll know which one. Now people might hear that and go, Oh, you're just blaming it on the demon. No, it still takes your will. Uh, it still takes your willingness to act against God. You can't just be, it, it's not like you get to say the demon reprogrammed your mind and now you're not responsible. It doesn't work like that. You have to be vacant enough and remain vacant enough for that to be the case. And so I think people are vacant. I think it's a, it's because of uh, rejection of, of, of God and secularism and telling people that they're just specks of dust, right? They're, right. they're meaningless, right? We're meaningless. We're just drifting in space meaninglessly. And, and people are taught this in public schools all the way through academia. And it's also uh, uh, undergirded in all of the corporate, um, you know, environments where, you know, you, you were once a monkey. And now we're you know, now you're going to be a transcend transcendental <laughs> robot. Right. Yeah. It's all nonsense. It's there's no there's nothing true about it. And. And kind of people intuitively know this when you push them, when you push it on them. Like, Absolutely. You know, they, they don't, you know, they can't account for love without God. They can't account for goodness without God. And if you ask them and they try, they say, well, it's just a physical thing in my brain. Okay. So you're a robot. So, so you're just a physical, uh, a bundle of chemicals. How yeah. absurd is that? Right. It's way absurd to believe that than, than to believe in a creator for sure. Absolutely. Um, I noticed that um, they seem to go in today's society, they seem to go after the children now. And they're setting up where the parents don't even have a say so about mm-hmm. what somebody else is doing to their children, encouraging them to change body parts, encouraging mm-hmm. them to hate white people or hate one another. Why do parents allow that to happen? Again, the same reason they're just rejecting truth, rejecting uh, God. They think that, um, you know, children uh, are their own individual uh, developed beings who could make these choices. No, children need guidance. I mean, even arguing on behalf of children from their demonic perspective actually proves that we are guide. We guide children and they need our guidance. Now, so if we both agree that we're that children are under our guidance and stewardship, um, along with animals, by the way, um, then 
then all we're really arguing on about is whose guidance is proper and coherent and good and right. And so, um, you know, children don't have that capacity yet. They need parents. They need um, their family members. They need grandpas and uncles. And the the whole community of people is there to properly guide the children, right? And, And children, I have three of them, they seek the boundaries. And so what the, the, that left side is doing is trying to remove boundaries, um, boundaries for universal concepts, like what it is to be a boy and a girl or a man and a woman, um, or the fact that you can't be an animal, right? That's the next step, right? They're going to be like, I'm a, I'm an animal mommy, mommy, I'm a monkey, right? Like, (laughs) you know, Oh, that's so sweet. Let's get, get you a tail. Why not (laughs) from their view? Why not? Right. Right. They couldn't tell you why. Right. And so it, the, the good news is that this kind of uh, inversion, even though it's a horror show and we ought to stop it, the good news is that it has no place to go. It goes to a pure absurdity. There's nowhere to go with it, right? right? And so it hits a, po- a point where people see and reject it. Now, we all have different thresholds. You and I obviously have a shorter threshold where you see this stuff and you call it out. Other people have longer thresholds and, you know, you try to be charitable, but you also try to push it in their way and go, when are you going to draw the line? Yeah. Like, you know, wh- when is it? And, um, you know, we, we really are in a spiritual war. Uh, and well, um, sure. those parents are, are just lost. They're just lost. And again, like we mentioned in the beginning, they're going with trends. They just go with trends, right? Well, if you go with trends and not absolute truth, if the trend goes off a cliff, that's on you, right? That's on you. Can you brainwash people or a person without first demoralizing them? No. No, you have to get them to like a a, a flat state where they don't exist, basically. Yeah. Right. Or near that, right? That 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 you erase all the 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 concept of truth and you're basically saying, let's rebuild truth on you, like a, a blank canvas, right? Sort of this construction of the person. And um I think that happens pretty early, at least in our modern culture um where especially in america because everything is so driven toward um individualism which is important from a christian view that we are individuals we have our gifts we have our discernment we have our weaknesses we have our proclivities um but looking at a child and looking at them as purely their own ultimate being they're in their own universe basically and a parent can't say, you know, can't step in and guide them in one direction or the other. I think that's the beginning of what you're referring to as far as uh, brainwashing kids yeah. uh, and people. You have to get them to a blank state. You have to clear out any notions of truth from their from their mind or their paradigm. Then you filter in some new stuff, right? You kind of give them a drip feed, which I think most mainstream media ends up being, which is why alternative media is, is very important uh, today. One of the darndest things I've ever seen so far is this critical race teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So-called critical race theory, Uh right? Uh Where they are literally teaching children that white people are evil simply because they're white. White Mm. people are bad, especially white Christian men. They are literally teaching that to the children. And even when the parents fight back to say, no, I don't want that taught to my Mm -hmm. child or children, they try to Forcing on them anyway. Mm. But what's interesting to me about it is that white Americans won't fight against it, really. They they will still send their children to public, not all of them, of course, but they will still send their children to public schools, knowing that they can't trust that the teachers are not going to impose this on their children. And while, again, I grew up in Alabama on a plantation under the so-called Jim Crow laws, we didn't, all this mess wasn't going on even then, right? Because mm-hmm. parents were responsible for the children and we mm-hmm. didn't blame some, they were not blaming white people or anyone about the issues of life. They knew it was spiritual and right. not had nothing to do with color. But it's the darndest thing I ever seen that white people won't fight against it. They know that these people are lying about it, about what white people are doing, but they won't fight against it. Yeah, they they're it's ironically they're assuming superiority, right? They're like, I'm superior, you're the victim, and I'm the oppressor. Uh, which is is funny because you're coding people to believe that there is that dynamic, right? right? So the the 
the white liberal most of the time, ironically, takes on the position of of white power, which is funny. They're, they're, and if you say you don't have power, they'll, they'll be like, yes, I do. Right. <laughs> it becomes this funny back and forth. But, yeah, that critical race stuff is is uh, fascinating because um, it basically trains um, also black people. Or minorities, or now it's in anybody. Anybody's yeah, in this victim class. All the all the people of color with the blacks yeah. now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Black and brown. Just anybody, Black anybody, and brown. any little like you know. Should I just paint a little bit on my my hand, like you know, um, just to get maybe something free or in the mail or something? Uh, yeah, they they're training them. I had a meme once where it was a. It was a um, a black mother raising her baby up, you know, kind of like we do. And we're like, Oh, you think they're saying something like, Ooh, like trying to make baby sounds. But the comic, the, the dialogue was, uh, can you say marginalized? And it showed that the mothers are, are teaching their children that they're marginalized. Yeah, right. Yeah. I knew, I knew this couple, this, uh, this white couple, um, that adopted a baby. Right. And this is where I really departed from, uh, cause this was still in Los Angeles and they were, they were had their baby. They adopted a black baby, and they had them in in sort of this training program. Were teaching the black baby that he he was oppressed. He was a minority, and that that now he's in a white family. He's a privileged class, and now he has to understand how to navigate the world. This is also completely crazy and demonic because yeah. the child actually doesn't discern yet between anything. That's right? right. The best the best my daughter does is that guy has brown skin. I'm like, yeah, he has brown skin. And then that's it, right? There's no, like, there's nothing else, right? right? I just, you know, if they go further, you go, yes, also made in God's image, you know? And so <laughs> these other people are trying to reduce human beings to categories, to to particulars, to why why not, um, you know, people with a certain shape ear be its own category now? Like, why, why <laughs> do we right. stop with skin, right? Yeah. Um, because that's the logical follow. Now, what this does, obviously, it, they, they sell it through this virtue, but it's not. It's false virtue. What they do is th- they, they need to divide so that there is an oppressor and a victim such that then you could write policy for this sort of paradigm. And I don't think it has a, a lot of legs, honestly. I, I think even the people who would initially – a, you know, a, a basic liberal who would initially kind of be on board with this critical race theory are even them. They're starting to see how absurd it is because they need to draw a line at some point. And, right. and that's that's the good news is that people actually do draw lines. The bad news is the threshold varies. Uh, you know, it deeply varies. Are there uh, oh, oh, one other thing I want to say about that that is new to me is I hear a lot of black parents saying now that I see their commercials and things like that. They tell their little children, black children, that it's hard on the blacks in America. And when you go out into the world, you got to work harder than the white man mm-hmm. in order to make it in, in America. You got to work harder. Isn't that like a brainwashing setup and and it's ridiculous. I was never told that growing up. I would never say that ever to a child, right. regardless, of, no matter what. I, I would, I would, maybe I would say, I don't even know what condition I would say that. Maybe if someone was actually like, didn't have a leg or something, I'd be like, okay, if you want to play hockey, you're going to have to work harder. Right. Then it would make sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, telling someone that, which is funny because it's contrary to, to the world they live in. So if you t- tell a, a black uh, girl it's going to be harder to get into college and then they get a free ride in college because they're black, that's a that's a contradiction. So it's actually the opposite. Yeah. Um, you should be telling, uh, well, the world is kind of organized to compensate for your obvious weakness for being black. Uh, <laughs> and so the good news is that, the you know, you get free rides, you get to skip the lines at, at SeaWorld and whatnot. And uh, this is condescending. And And human beings, regardless of color, actually don't desire this. They actually desire the challenge, the long suffering, the sacrifice. Sacrifice is a Christian virtue. Like yes. if you, if you remove someone's ability to experience sacrifice and long suffering and overcoming, you're, you're basically re- reducing them to like a plant, like a, like just feeding the plant, you know, yeah. and it doesn't get to, uh, challenge itself. It doesn't get to have any sort of, um, um, trials. I mean, think about how much we need trials in our life, right? Yes. You remove the trial, you remove the spirit, right? And so 
not that you can actually remove the spirit. I'm saying like you colloquially, mean. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah, that you remove that, that, that connection with, with God, I believe that you, you try to. And, and that's, I think that's the ultimacy of the, the demonic, um, um, game is to separate you from God and connect you w- with what the world, yeah. right? The difference between spirituality or, or Christianity and worldliness, right? These people want human beings grounded in just physicality in the world, in their appetites, in, in their trends, in their food, in their Instagram. And, uh, you know, they really do appeal to the, the fallen nature of humans, uh, you know, in our, in our vulnerability to, uh, to our appetites. So, yeah, I want to ask you about that. But first, I want to ask you about I saw this cartoon that you made of Ben Shapiro and, <laughs> and uh, Jordan Peterson. It was mm-hmm. funny, funny. It was yeah. Mama Mia funny. Yeah, I roast them a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a, it was a animated one. Yeah. Animated cartoon. Yeah. 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 I, I, <clears throat> yeah. I like to. Now I'll give uh you know Ben Shapiro credit when I was leaving the 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 democratic sinking ship and I kind of went sort of like middle libertarian the safe place where people can't ridicule you because you're just in the middle right oh you can't I'm not this and I'm not that haha um and uh you know you know fighting against the blue-haired commies it's very easy and we should continue to do that but I kind of graduated past that because um I think someone like Ben Shapiro uh, fights in a culture war, which does exist, by the way. Yeah. Like, but he's never really introducing people to the spiritual war that really is the case, right? And that's kind of my critique of him. And I think that's his niche. And I think uh, people ought to um, get the value they need, but also level up on what they're what they're fighting for. Like we said in the beginning, Jesse, you you said, well, you know, we're always arguing about the culture and these very particular things, but you ask, why are we doing this? Like, what's the higher reason? Um, A lot of these sort of talking heads who are very successful uh, talk really fast. Uh, They, (laughs) they never really address this. They, they maintain a a facts against facts. My facts are better than your facts. Uh, (laughs) If you want to debate me, I'll show up on the college campus. And, and this kind of stuff is all very fun in a particular time frame of your life. For me, I'm, I'm 41 now. So, that time has passed for me. And right. so um, it's fun to, to kind of roast him and then get, you know, conservatives to be like, why are you infighting? And I go, well, I'm a comedian and no one's safe for me. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize until yesterday that that was your voice. Uh, oh, did you not? Yeah. <laughs> doing, uh, have you heard from Ben or, or Peterson? No. No, I think he writes me off. I'm a little aggressive for him. Um, He probably sees me as like a meanie head, um, if he knows of me at all. But, um, yeah, it's I don't know. Are there any uh, memes or or cartoons or anything that you would not do? Because I remember Mm. a while back there were cartoonists who said things about Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And I think they were killed or head cut off or something, Mm -hmm. threatened like that. Right, right, right. Are, are there any that you will not do? Um, not really. No, uh, the things that seemingly are culturally not allowed in, in the public sphere. Uh, the job of the comedian, I believe, and the cartoonist who's like a pseudo comedian, is to um is to figure out to say to say whatever you have to say. But part of the art is figuring out how to say it. That yeah. doesn't mean you um. You take a lot of concessions, right? It doesn't mean you you soften it or or sterilize it. But part of the art is being able to embed that hard truth that would otherwise, uh, if you were were to say it so bluntly, wouldn't be accepted. And I think that's part of the art. And maybe it's been lost because modern comedians just say the most crude, uh, disgusting, you know, things that you know they're not being subtle. There's no there's no nuance to the art form, and so there's nothing really I I wouldn't. that wouldn't be a target. Now there are other things that I wouldn't do, like you know, try to like kind of like uh, heretically draw um, God the Father or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I wouldn't go in that direction. Nice. Uh, however, you know, I do have norms and I do respect um, some some etiquette. Right. I don't want to. That's another thing that's interesting that you've seen is um, we criticize mostly the left for censorship, um, and then we want free speech, which is important. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's a trick to uh, on the right side of things. The traditionalists, let's say, they're Christian, 
to uh, give up the ability to also censor because we do want to censor. We don't want pornography rampant. We don't right. want uh, we want decency. So I think that trick is really interesting where the right side goes, oh, you know, we're really about free speech. <laughs> well, the truth is not totally, not if really, you're honest. That's right. Yeah, you, you, like it, you're not totally – now, free speech in the sense of like the government doesn't get to dictate what you say. But culturally, you do want to because as fathers, as men, we're out here guiding principles and decency. And a lot of time, decency isn't law-based, right? That's why I reject libertarianism uh, wholesale is that th- this kind of worship of your own will, just liberty itself is the virtue. Well, no, uh, liberty just is your flat, flat baseline. It, you know, Burning Man is liberty. So, so how do how do you account for indecency and and yeah. degeneracy? Right, you could have a completely free society where no one actually takes anybody's stuff, right, or hurts anyone, but it's fully degenerate. That's possible. So. <laughs> Yeah. Being that that's possible, obviously there's a deeper uh, moral uh, war going on that has a lot to do with indecency and de- uh, degeneracy and not necessarily about legality. Yeah. We don't want a bunch of drag queens right. doing the hoochie mama dance in front of the children at the library. That's right. I drew a <laughs> meme of Michael Malice, uh, who I always poke fun at right. and jab on Twitter. And it, he's saying, uh, as long as as long as you don't hurt me and take my stuff. Um, <laughs> and behind him is like a trans person, person holding like a, a a toy, you know, and uh, and someone else who has like a ball gag on and, and all this stuff going on. Right. And and the, it just demonstrates that that's not a good enough position morally. Right. Yeah. That's not good enough. Just don't take my no. Like that's not that doesn't guide children you know children in the right direction that's yeah. a very materialistic position and so i think that should be uh, battled as much as uh, you battle progressivism because in a form it's liberalism right it's right. it's a it's a pseudo form it's like the right leaning liberalism amazing i wanted to ask you about a lot of folks seem to be very emotionally sensitive to jokes nowadays or someone's telling what they believe uh, proceed to be the truth about a situation and and they're protected they're all over, on this side they're protected mm-hmm. if you say something about the blacks mm-hmm. there's a quick overreaction to that mm-hmm. if you say something about the jews there's a quick overreaction if you say something about the women a quick overreaction say something about the lgb the homosexuals but if you say uh what is negative seem to be negative about white people no problem yeah. None at all. Why yeah. is that? And why are people so sensitive to words anyway? I think they're just trained to be. I, I think it's losing some of its power because it has to find its end. And I think, uh, you know, everything going on with Kanye, this stuff kind of like the importance isn't like the person who's doing it. And like, you know, people are sometimes quick to be like, oh, well, I'm going to make Kanye my new like leader or hero. It's not about that. It's <laughs> right. about looking at what the pattern is that's happening and uh, this whole shielded class of people, you know, as you listed, it's like um, it, it can't hold up over time, right? Because if you keep protecting people uh, and being able to criticize them, you're actually doing them a disservice. Yes. Um, and so uh, when people start to see that, it might take argumentation, it might take comedy. Um, and uh, when they start seeing that, it's actually a disservice to have people not be the, the focus of a joke. And that the ultimate form of inclusivity, as I said, is to include someone as the target of the joke. You know, remember we were running around as kids and, uh, you know, there's a group of people and they kind of uh, reject you at first and then they make fun of you. And if you can show that you can be made fun of, suddenly you're in, right? You're, yeah. you're accepted. You There's a respect that's gained, right? Um, you don't just automatically respect people, uh, by the way. And so, yeah, I think that pattern is going is going to hit a head. I don't know how ugly the head is, honestly. This whole protected class, right. how how deep it's going to get. What policies? Uh, you know, there's definitely policies uh, even on the right side that that uh, stop people from criticizing. Um, you know, ties with Israel or things that like that we're not allowed to question, right? On because it's anti-Semitic all of a sudden. I think. This is very damaging uh, because, again, it's a disservice, right, to to uh, our systems, our systems of justice, and also our social systems that um, 
you know, we're very diverse. Like, I don't think uh, diversity is necessarily a, a great thing, but that's what that's what we're in. Right. We're in this we're in a, uh America is a very diverse place and um, there's different cultural norms and ethical norms. That's all mixed in. There's different religions. So it's not really cohesive. And so if there's anything that's going to unify people, it's not to assume they're all like us because that's just not true. Right. But it is comedy would be one of those things to poke fun at or yeah. criticize. That's the thing that will unify us. I think the ultimate thing, obviously, is God. But um, sometimes that's not you can't just skip there if someone just doesn't believe. Right. They're not going to. But but hu- but humor can can soften the heart a little bit. So. I agree. And, and I noticed that uh, these people who are in this protective group, class or whatever you want to call it, at the end of their complaint, they always want you to donate money. All right. <laughs> You're yeah. going to have to give us $500,000 to this group or that group yeah. as though money is going to solve their emotional problem. Right. It's like, remember the uh, Sarah McLaughlin video about the dogs and, and she sings the soft song and there's a focus on the dog and the dog's like kind of crying. <laughs> they should just deep fake like black people on the dog or or Jewish, <laughs> like whatever it is, like a gay dog and then just ask for money, but just, you know, be a little more upfront about it. Right. Um, I think I think you nailed it. The the victimhood is a sort of like a, a, a it's fraud really it's like emotional fraud uh, where you sell people on on the victim and then oh by the way it's okay because now we have this route that you can go through financially to (laughs) help right and they do this with um everything like uh alarmism climate change alarmism um these kind of things where it's a it's a very uh manipulative system where you you say what's missing or you say what's wrong and then before someone can even uh, you know battle you on it there's already an offering for it. Like it, it's really a, a a sick thing. Right. But I think also people see through that, like, you know, the fraudulent kind of philanthropy that's rampant, um, the, the money laundering that's possible through that, through that format. So, uh, hopefully more people wake up to that and they think twice about donating to like black lives matter. Now that this is a really, this is a really tricky, funny one that, I, I give them credit a little bit for their 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 genius is that when you establish a group and the name itself is a statement, a value statement, Ugh. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> if you disagree with the operations of the group, you disagree with the statement that their title is. And yeah. so that's a that's like uh, we've done that in the military. Like, um, uh, what was it like, you know, like, uh, you know, spreading democracy or a peace process, let's say. Oh, it's a peace process. And then so if you disagree with the, the methodology, then you, you disagree with peace now because they've named it peace. Right. So obviously you disagree yeah. with peace. And this trick seems to be very, um, very, uh, you know, sort of rampant in, in political culture. Uh, uh, Kanye West wore a shirt that says white life matter. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden these two black guys pop up out of nowhere that I'm familiar with. And now they own the title Black uh, White Life Matter, right? Oh, they bought it. That's hilarious, right? And so now no one can use that unless they pay these guys. It seems wow. to always end up about the money. There's always some, pro- yeah. There's always some thing that um, you're you're shepherding in, and it's never about a higher truth, right? Because you know we all we all make a living. We use our gifts. We try to use our gifts alignment with uh, God's will for us and yeah. purpose. Um, but when you, I don't know, when it cheapens the gift and you no longer, it, it becomes a trend, right? Uh, and here's a good way to distinguish this actually is, um, if w- whether or not there's a lot of slogans being used slogans, even on the right side, you got to be watch out because you don't want to be taken away with slogans, right? Right. Scriptures are not slogans, right? So, um, but substituting that sort of like your your guidance program if you take slogans you're gonna you're gonna wind up similar to the progressives because you're gonna let the uh, worldliness and and trends lead you to some wide path right because a slogan is wide a slogan is like a nice well-sounding generalized state now they're useful rhetorically like as a bumper sticker but um (laughs) you don't want to follow slogans it's a it's a good uh it's a really good red flag even if you like the slogan by the way I was stunned, but not really stunned, but somewhat stunned, that Black Lives Matter admitted that they were 
Marxist. They were trained to be that. that Break the they, family. They mm-hmm. went down. They went around burning down and destroying the country, knocking down flag. I mean monuments and flags and statues. And dared anyone to say that all lives matter, or dared anyone to disagree with them. And they made buku money. And when mm-hmm. they made all this buku money from it, they went and shut it all down for now. And, and self getting their politicians in there to agree with them. I was surprised that they made that much money for being so radical. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. It, it's it's sick to see, of course, but uh, you know this kind of like method. It, it's I, it's probably not even new. I mean, uh, when you just you launch a, a revolution, right, and then you commodi- you 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 make a commodity of of the aspects of the revolution. This is another thing people need to be uh, aware of: is that whenever you feel like you're a part of a revolution, it's time to reexamine uh, what's going on because yeah. um, we don't heal this world. This that's this world, right. right? And so that's another good distinction. And you know it'll lead to just more uh, money or power, or there's something else in play. It's all about when, the money, right? Right. And then and then the, and then the goldfish uh, brains of the masses, most of the case, um, kind of forget. They just go, oh yeah, they yeah. Kinda, they did steal my money, but you know what? <laughs> They'll you know what they say? They'll say. Yeah, but it was for a good cause and it just didn't work out. But, you know, the intention was still there, right? And so suddenly intention is good enough. Just intent, right? Just good <laughs> thoughts and not actions, not like not deceiving people. It doesn't matter because your intentions were good. Um, but yeah, I'm actually, I'm not too surprised. I saw that um, kind of the system where it's like collect black, you know, donate to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I actually did a meme once. It was a person, it was a, it was a black hand coming from the, the one side asking for money and then the the sort of like democrat giving the black lives matter money and then the next frame was bernie sanders holding a stick that the hand was connected to so so it's just like funneling money it's all money laundering yeah. it's just legal it's just legal though right all right amazing i uh man i got so many things i want to ask you and time going by fast but i do want to just add to what we've been talking about the money thing i'm looking at this thing that happened in ukraine right now the so-called war that's going on there mm-hmm. between Ukraine and Russia. And the other day, there was uh, 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 a missile went over to Port, uh, Poland, Poland, and mm-hmm. a couple of people were killed. And they were trying to blame that on Russia. And then they later found out from information I gathered that it, it was Ukraine that, that shot the missile over to Poland. And but in the meantime, they were trying to. They were saying, well, "There's going to be a war now, a mm-hmm. war, right?" And 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 why they saying that there's going to be a war? The the so-called president of Ukraine, like, I need more money. I need more <laughs> yes, money. Of, of course. Uh, I'm like, what? The? And, and, and so they're still organizing to give more money to Ukraine, while in America, our borders are wide open. High gas prices. They will mm-hmm. not drill in this country. But this guy tried to get more money while threatening to do a war. And, and, and the people who live in Ukraine are suffering. The citizens, they've yeah. been, they have nowhere to live now. They have to leave their own country. It's like they don't care about their own citizens. It's more about the money and the power. That is pure evil to me, man. Oh yeah, it seems, and it seems to be just the same trick we just uh, cited with the Black Lives Matter, where you, yeah. you create a condition where people need you, right? And it's like whether it's like you know Sa- Sally Struthers, you know, sitting next to the starving kid who she could just give some food to, instead she just kind of like gets the camera centered on the, <laughs> them still starving. Um, it's kind of like that, where you present to the world a, a um, some condition right and then you go oh it's so terrible i gotta donate yeah. and and you might not even be looking at reality by that's the way. right I mean, we are in an era where you know the news and countries have used uh very fraudulent um uh, videotape let's say right and and presented it as as something as as evidence of like warfare and and then you later learn oh that's like footage from like 2002 of some bomb some uh, explosion that happened yeah and even a missile people's people's minds are so short-sighted that they they we're we're inundated like with uh inundated with um small bits of information that we're like pressured to piece together and then make moral judgments very quickly i think that's also a problem morality 
spirituality, this kind of spiritual warfare requires prayer and, and, um, you know, patience and understanding. Um, but if you pull people into urgency, they often make terrible decisions, right? We've seen that with the last two years. So I think urgency is probably one of like Satan's false, um, you know, tools where this urgency, no, there's nothing in the world that's urgent. Our, our spirit is urgent. There's an urgency for our spirit, but not for the world. The world doesn't change, right? This is this concept that we're going to, you know, one day peace on earth. If everyone just finally did X, right. Right. And this goes for any Christians who think if we just get everyone in the right church, we'll have (laughs) peace. This is satanic, right? This is not, ain't going to happen. It, that's not part of the the deal, and so, um, but people take advantage, right? They people take advantage of people's goodwill. Yes. That that are the good side of us is often the participant in a lot of evil, which is really bizarre uh, to say, but that's usually the case. Is that uh, yeah, yes, there's evil and wickedness. It is. Uh, that, but it's a lot of times our our own, our own ignorance paired with just the sense of wanting to do something good in the world. And, and I think that's a lot of what, why sort of like the Democrat party kind of rests on is this notion. You can just kind of um, have good intent. And as long as, even if it falls apart, at least you meant well. And, (laughs) um, and it's hard for people to reexamine that because, um, you know, you have, you, you have, you're putting your faith in a lot of men, right. To do stuff. Yes. Right. Even in war. Oh, I I'll trust. I'll just donate and they'll, They'll figure it out, right? <laughs> um, one quick other thing, man. Um, I, I know that our battle is a spiritual battle. It's a warfare between good and evil, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with male or female or color mm-hmm. or, or money or anything. It's a spiritual battle. And yet, they have been able to use the word racism. And mm-hmm. I've said over, over and over and over again, there's no such thing as racism. It's either right or wrong, good or evil. Right. But they have managed over the years now, 70 years or more, maybe even longer than that, to intimidate white people that they are racist. And as a result, not all, but most whites are afraid to go against it and speak up. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And they have given over the country, the government and everything to these people. Why are white people so afraid to say, no, it's not racist. I'm not responsible for your troubles. You're responsible for your own life. Why are white people afraid? Not all, but most are afraid to say no to that. It's a spiritual thing and not physical. I think it's I think it's similar to people not saying no to like all the mandate stuff, where there's like a there's like a social um, ramification, right? And they just don't want to rock the boat, and they'd rather just go along with it. But they just don't realize that they're doing themselves and others a disservice, right? You don't. First of all, you know. From my experience, to generalize black people, which is I believe is totally fine to do, they want you to talk up front. Like there's a <laughs> culture that just wants you to say what you think. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're crazy or whatever. That's my experience. Yeah. They don't, my experience isn't you have to tiptoe around any particular race or culture. Like, And I refuse to. And I don't even think people want that. Right. Um, I think it just has to be kind of fought. And maybe those people you're referring to just maybe don't know the a way that they can escape that trap. And and um, and, you know, you know, and I kind of understand that if you're, you know, people act how the world occurs to them. Now the problem is you can convince someone that the world is a certain way that it's not, like you said with the water, right? So they're going to be operating based on how they believe the world is. If I say this, then it's going to be really bad for me. They just have to realize that's not always the case. It's it's hardly the case, right? You yeah. know, most of the time, especially if you're talking directly to people and not just broadly like on a tweet. That's the other problem in our culture. Is oh, that yeah. When you say something general, let's say about a race or whatever, um, it's very different than being like, let's say, a, a, at, a, at a lunch with someone, right? And talking freely, right? Like even our uh, rapport established, I know I could say certain things with you yeah. and it wouldn't matter. Right. Like you'd understand my my intent, my energy, you know, my background, and uh, I think the online thing a uh, um like has a very like is a variable in what you're talking about where people are afraid because they're mostly reacting to um what happens sort of online, which 
also is a lot of it could be fake, like tro- program trolls, right? Yes. Programmed responses. Yeah. We don't even know if we're talking to a real person a lot of times. And I think it's a, a people's uncertainty of what the consequences are, but they're also trained that the consequences are that you'll lose your job, which is a real thing. Um, and, and it's a good question. It's like, remember, I, I, I mentioned that like getting uh, ostracized from from the from the left side of things from from the the hell that is like uh, progressivism and and that is like a blessing. The question is, I wonder if it it could be a blessing to um get away from the systems that would otherwise fire you for your beliefs. Yes. Like like is it better to say no, you need to uh you're going to be forced to keep me hired, but now you're you know you're operating with someone who would fire you for your beliefs. So yeah. wouldn't it make sense to just say Okay, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to put it in in God's hands, but it, my convictions can't allow me to even work for you. That's even if right. even if legally you can't, like maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should even if it's a good pay, right? And that's some of the the weights the the way the moral weights we have to deal with um as far as like our our conviction and what we're willing to do. That's such a good point, man. I absolutely agree. Can you be a son or daughter of God and have fear? No, you have fear of God, but um, fearing man or the world, um, you're probably just temporarily, um, you know, I don't know if it would be an act of sin, but it would be an, maybe a, um, a moment of, uh, of, of blurriness, a, lo- a loss of clarity. And, and we're all vulnerable to fearing something, right? The, the fear, I am a father... You know, you, you constantly worry about the fear of your child, something happening to them. But fearing the world and, and things that might happen is a form of worship because yeah. you're now making the world the thing that's Absolutely. ultimate. And um, it's, a t- it's that temporal part of us that believes, well, maybe that's that slight moment where you think, well, maybe this is all there is, right? I think that's where your fear actually uh, gets misaligned from God and put onto the world and, and it's all the things happening. And so, um, yeah, that's a good question, but no, I think the moment you're in fear of anything other than God, you're, you're slightly separate from God, even, yeah. even if it's a minutia. Amazing. So I got to heat up this interview and throw you on the hot seat. Okay. I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. The hot seat. Do we need more white babies? Oh well, I'm, I married an Asian, so oh I'm not my particular. lord, uh, yeah, half, half, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, half white. <laughs> uh, did you take the jab? No. Do you love white people? I love all people. Do you love white people? I love white people. <laughs> Women were created to lead or follow. True or false? Follow, follow men. Is America the best country on this side of heaven? I think so. What is a man? Uh, a man is an image bearer of God and uh, um, basically the, the representation of, of God for the family. Um, we just celebrated our fifth year of White History Month. July is White History Month. And we chose White July because July just feels white. Will you celebrate White History Month with us this coming year? I'm not sure. It depends how you celebrate it. <laughs> True or false? Uh, if they take away our guns, they take away our freedom. Uh, not entirely. I think that freedom is ultimately spiritual, but that gets into a different place. But the short answer is kind of, yeah, in, in, a, in a legal sense, yes. You, you, if you can't defend your, yourself, um, a part of your physical liberty is definitely in jeopardy. What is a woman? A woman is um, uh, God's creation to follow man and man's uh, duty to follow God. And what is love? Love is the ultimate uh, expression of action uh, between human beings um, that is derived from God's ultimate unconditional uh, standard. Have you ever told someone how the cow ate the cabbage? I don't know that one. (laughs) Did Big Mama Michelle Obama eat up all the ribs? (laughs) <laughs> who's that guy Mike Michael Big Mama Michelle oh, oh Michelle <laughs> did she eat up all the ribs she said Michael <laughs> what the 
Is it ever okay to call a woman fat? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't demean a woman. Uh, if it was, if I was caring about their body, I would say they're overweight. Um, if I wanted to be cruel, I would say I would call her fat. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would call her fat. I don't know if it would be okay, but I. I would do it. Does a, <laughs> are you the head of your wife? Yes. And does she obey? Yes. Does a chicken have lips? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> did you have fun? I did, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, let me see the books over there. I want you to tell the folks how to get your books, how to follow your okay. work, man, because I knew, I knew in advance. Most of the time I have a wait and see attitude about everything. Mm-hmm. But I knew in advance that this was going to be a very, very good conversation. And I totally appreciate you coming on. And I want people to know how to get as established memes, one, two, three, and four, whatever you're working on. Sure. Yeah, four, uh, one and two are completely sold out. So the one you're holding sold out. Uh, four is just out. One is also sold out. Uh, those two are sold out. Uh, three and four are available at madebyjimbob.com. Uh, four is, uh, Savage Means Volume 4 is Post uh, Truth Booster, it's called. Um, and you can pick up also Volume 3, which, um, uh, and these things are not produced in perpetuity. There's there's one run of each volume, and that's why they sell out. So, madebyjimbob.com. And then uh, any social media that I'm on, it's Made by Jim Bob. And so that's it. Yeah, grab your book. You know, the one thing I like about your book, I'm black and slow, so you know how black people don't like to read, right? And mm -hmm. these were so easy to read, man. It was just, it was funny, it made sense, and I really hope people get them. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. It's just so amazing. Thank you again for coming, and folks, thank you for tuning in. Let me hear from you. Don't forget to like, follow, check out our merch in the store there, and remember that the Fallen State is on Locals. Dot com. So click on the link in the video description to support our work. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I totally enjoy it, man. I'm going to have to have you back because I have so many other things I want to talk to you about. Yeah, me too. It's a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. And thank you folks for tuning in.